Hello and welcome to this edition of the Take Edition Podcast. It is Sunday, May 10th, 2020. Happy Mother's Day if you're a mother. Um, I'm here with my partner in crime slash brother, Clarence. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. Uh, Happy Mother's Day as well to all the the beautiful ladies out there holding it down. Uh, Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I got. (laughs) <laughs> had that had that had that sexy late night um R&B radio station announcer thing going yeah. there I liked it. Got to get that after dark <laughs> voice going. Cool. So, I'll start us off. Um we talked a couple of weeks ago about Zoom and their um debacle with security. Yeah. Uh they've done quite a few things since then. Um one of the things they've done, and I've noticed uh, since I've used Zoom since then, we're using Zoom right now. Yeah. Um, there's a security tab now. You can lock your meeting. You can also enable a waiting room, which basically when someone connects to your call, you have to click to approve them to get into the call. I think you can set passwords as well mm-hmm. uh, to your calls. Um, those are just a few things they did. And they also purchased Keybase. Um Keybase is a encryption and security service. Um, it's used for a lot of different things, um, but I'm assuming this is the other stuff it's used with is kind of going to go away. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be a <laughs> it's just going to be a Zoom thing from here on out. Um, they actually had a feature freeze last month to improve security, and this is part of their 90 day plan to enhance security. And I mean already. I feel a lot better about uh, you know using Zoom. Nobody's just gonna pop into your meetings anymore. It doesn't look like unless they got mad hacker skills. Yeah, it it, it seems they're not. Ju- <laughs> no, I was gonna say it seems like this acquisition. Okay, first you you mentioned the features, the waiting room and things like that, locking the room, which that's gonna greatly help in some of the issues they had early on. But to me, now I know this is probably not true, but to me it seems like this acquisition of this. Uh, encryption security expertise company um, is only there for public perception, maybe? Oh, it's totally <laughs> PR. It's, to- <laughs> it's totally PR. It's totally PR. I mean, they could have done all this stuff without buying a security company. Yeah. But I assume it can't hurt. Um, but yeah, I just forgot to bring that up because we were, we, we've been, we've been ragging on Zoom pretty bad the last yeah, couple of we weeks. Have. So. It's good to see them making some effort to improve the security of their app. The acquisition significantly advances our 90-day plan to enhance our security efforts, says Zoom CEO Eric Yon. Cool. Yeah, that's interesting, cool. man. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot to that, but de- yeah, I thought it was interesting. Definitely need it, um, 100% on that. So, you know, good stuff. Yep, yep. Trying to see, do I have something we could talk about? Oh, yeah, you definitely have some stuff. Yeah. I saw you post some yeah, stuff. So, funny thing with Nintendo, you know, we always give, we are always down on Nintendo for some reason, although every iteration they, <laughs> with the exception of a few, <laughs> most iterations they do manage to blow expectations out the water. And this recent COVID epidemic has somehow propelled them into. <laughs> A greatest stratosphere as kids are home and um, maybe the TV might not be available all the time, uh, but but their profits have soared 200 percent 
um, recently. And part of that is due to the release of Animal Crossing, of course. But yeah, they are killing it on all cylinders. So on Thursday, and this is a few weeks so well, this is a week ago, they reported their fourth quarter profit that soared 200% as co-op, co op cooped up gamers have turned to their popular Switch to pass the time. Now, again, no big surprise, a huge game and kids are home now. So I definitely see this as kind of a uh, COVID is not a happy coincidence, but it seems like for them, it's a bunch of, you know, happy coincidences as far as their bottom line is concerned. And I actually just bought two switches. So, I, yeah. What? <laughs> well, not if I bought them for my kids. You did? Yeah. <laughs> But cool, man. Yeah, cool. Switch lights. Do you have to pay outrageous eBay prices? No, or? I got them off Amazon. Just two hundred bucks, you know, standard price. For real, yeah, two hundred bucks a piece. Oh, you, oh, you got the switch lights. Oh yeah, I got the lights. I'm not. I'm not because I, I yeah. think they're just easier for kids instead of having the Joy Cons come off and losing them. It's one contained unit. Down so, downfall. They can't really hook it yeah, up to the TV. Yeah, I thought about but, you know. Yeah, I thought about getting the switch because like all my friends are also talking about Animal Crossing New Horizons, I believe is what it's called. Yeah. And um I, I seriously thought about buying one, um, but I, I'm holding off for now just because I, I have this bad habit of, of getting a console for one game and then once <laughs> that game I'm done with that game, I just it just collects dust. But there are a few other things I like to play, like Mario Odyssey, uh Zelda. Um, I, although I, I pretty much played through Zelda before that, that's what happened. Like I've had a switch actually, I bought one like a year and a half ago and I played through breath of the wild. And then after that, it was like smash brothers. And I played that for a little bit and well, that's kind of, I was like, this is just <laughs> collecting dust. Well, that's kind of the thing. They don't really have a lot of big games on the horizon. You know, not a lot of first part. I think they kind of used up their first party IPs already. Um, so it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with, come out with next. But like right now, I don't really see a bunch of huge things on the horizon uh, for them. So yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Is just it doesn't seem like there's going to be much coming out after that. I mean, I don't even know if there's another like Zelda or anything coming out. But I think I've oh. heard of a Mario sixty four remake. I don't know if I've what did I hear that at. I did see where somebody ported Mario 64 to PC, um, and it runs, like, flawlessly. <laughs> oh, wow. And Nintendo's been, like... And they 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 actually... They're not using the ROM. They actually, like, natively ported it or something. And it runs amazing from what I was reading, but um, Nintendo's been... People that have been posting the actual installer or whatever, Nintendo's been doing takedown requests. They can't actually go after the the guy that did it because I don't think he used any of Nintendo's assets or something. It's some weird thing. Like they couldn't actually go after him, but if somebody posts it and they they see it, they can get like a takedown, a DMCA takedown. It's uh, weird. But also, um, like ROMs are illegal, but I you can't, can't distribute them, kind of thing. You know, you can back up your own. Yeah, it's like you have to own the game in order to download <laughs> them. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I also read something interesting about Animal Crossing, and I don't want to get this wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, like since its release, it's so like a million copies, like every day it's been out. It, it, it's something weird like wow. that. Like it's it sold a lot, um, and I could be getting that confused. It could be a million copies every week, but I'm pretty sure it was every day 
Um, it sold a million copies since it's been out, which is crazy. Um, I don't think it's been out that long though. Yeah, man, that, that sounds about right because the on Amazon at least because I was going to purchase that as well. The only thing I see on Amazon right now is the UK version, and um, yep, you can get it digitally. You know, so um, I think I saw it on Walmart.com though, so I might just use that. But but yeah, it is selling like hotcakes, man. That's that's for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Cool. Go Nintendo. Um, let me see. We have quite a few stories here. Um, let me see what I want to talk about next. Uh oh. Oh, I think I'm going into the stories from the other day. Okay, so here we go. All right. You have a Samsung phone, don't you? Yes, sir, I do. All right, so Samsung recently confirmed a couple days ago that there is a critical security issue for millions of Galaxy phones. Pretty much every Galaxy phone after 2014 is affected by this vulnerability. Hmm. Um, so if you have one of those phones, if you have a Galaxy phone uh, and you see an update pop up, make sure you install it. Um, I guess that's the first thing. Um, let's see. I'll kind of read some of the article. This is from Forbes says the monthly security updates from Samsung have started rolling out. If you own a Samsung smartphone that was sold from late 2014 onward, you better hope that update hits your device soon. Only the small matter of a perfect 10 critical security vulnerability that can be an, that can enable arbitrary code execution if exploited. And yes, that can happen without any user interaction. It's a zero click vulnerability, which is pretty huge. Um, yeah, so really the only thing you can do to protect yourself is to install the update. Um Yeah, I'm reading a little bit deep. And it's all it's all phones, all Samsung phones. I thought it was just Galaxy phones. But I, I yeah, the the verbiage is kind of confusing there. Maybe it's maybe it is all Galaxy phones. I don't know. Well, I'm reading a little bit deeper saying? and it says it has to do with the way Samsung smartphones handle QMG images sent to sent to the device. I'm not even sure what a QMG image is. Uh, Android's graphics mm. library, Skia process. A typical example of this kind of Skia processing is the creation of thumbnails. Uh, so it looks like something that's integral to the way they process certain image types, which sounds e. Yeah, that's <laughs> so basically. It's really bad. So if you get one of these, it sounds like if you get one of these images on your device that's uh, compromised, it could lead to it being un, uh, unpacked and the vulnerability being released on your on your system so that's yeah that's bad that's bad yeah so they're referencing sms this and is more of a psa yeah yeah so somebody if they have your phone number they can just send you this mess this image and hack your phone which is horrifying yeah um it's but this is like I said, I'm I didn't really post this to like dump on Samsung. No. This is more of a PSA thing, like update your phone because I mean this could happen to anybody, honestly. It's just one of those things, you know. Yeah. It seems like Apple had something like this similar a few years back, but you at least had to click on it, I think. I don't think it was zero touch like this one. Yeah, that's really, really scary. Eesh. Um Eesh. So yeah, if you have a Galaxy phone, update it. You've been warned. <laughs> So, um, so looking at um, the next story, um, actually, um, you have one here about uh, WWDC, but also Microsoft is doing something similar to where instead of having their highly priced, uh, coveted 
conferences where, um, you know, you have to kind of get in a queue to even get the privilege of paying them a couple of thousand dollars. Uh, mm -hmm. Most of these are going online, which makes a lot of sense in the case here with WWC and also with Microsoft Build, which I think both of those are upcoming here pretty soon. But yeah. pretty cool, free to attend, and, you know, um, perfect opportunity as you're, you know, in, in your quarantine to attend a few of these v events and learn a little more code. So I'm loving it. Yeah, man. Um, WWDC is, um, they usually have some big announcements there, don't they? Which I know that's not uh, the point of it, but they normally have some pretty big announcements at WWDC. So I'll definitely be tuned in some of these streams. Yeah, yeah, this is this is pretty uh pretty awesome, man. Um, in the case of WWDC, it normally costs sixteen hundred dollars to attend. Again, that's after you have had the privilege of waiting in line and possibly getting in a coveted queue to get you know to get access. Yeah. So uh, this this is cool, and I wonder. You know, as you talk about the um, current state that we're in and paradigm shifts, and I think, you know, a, a lot of good is going to come out of the way we're operating in this mode. I, I think it's it it's putting us into this mind frame of less is more. And, um, you know, it's it's sad not to be able to go and shake hands with everybody and go and interact in that way. But. I think this is good because more people are getting access and it seems like it would have been something that would be free already for people to attend. So, and it's just, it's just developers coming in to work for them, you know, work on their platform. So I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah. And you know, I, I just like the idea of being able to peek under the curtain, behind the curtain, under the curtain, peek behind the curtain a little bit and, you know, <laughs> see what, what goes on, on these, these uh, conferences and stuff. Cause uh, I normally watch the keynote, but just to be able to see some of the other like sessions will be interesting, I think. Cool. Yeah, for sure. And uh, before we pivot to something else, I want to just go and uh, stay in that COVID type of quarantine vein. Um, Facebook is going to let their employees work remotely through the end of 2020. Oh, wow. Now, this is huge because um, even with my company, I won't mention the company, but we've been talking about you know, different methods in order to be able to come back to the office. <laughs> yeah. And I won't, it's, it's been a myriad of things that have been thrown out there and I won't go into details about <laughs> some of the things we've, we've uh, talked about to maintain, um, really try to maintain some of the sensibilities of social distancing, but still going into the office, uh, which a lot of it, it just, if you, if you write it down and look at it logically, it just doesn't work. Um, yeah. When it when it boils down to it, you're still in this, you know, de depending on how your development space is 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 laid out. And most in most of the newer development spaces, they're wide open. You know, uh, we don't we don't even have cubicles in my office. They're kind of open layout plans where you kind of you can see everything. You stand up and see everything. It's not true cubicles. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, in that sense, unless you're in an office, I think going back to to your place of work is just not going to in the current state we're in, it's just not going to fly. This is not going to fly. Unless you go in no. and shut your door, <laughs> it's just not going to fly. No, I mean, my, my, my opinion of that is like, I just think about like my previous employer. I know last cast I said I got laid off. I found a new job. So that's great. Um, but at my previous employer, um, we had like this big, it was like these big open spaces. We, we kind of mm. had cubicles, but they weren't really cubicles. It was kind of like a row 
And then on each side of the road, there were like desks with dividers. But like you said, you could stand up and see everybody. It's like complete yeah. open, complete open air. Um, yep. If we get six feet apart, there's a freaking air conditioning ven- ventilation system that can that's pretty much going to circulate the air everywhere anyway. So like that, that's my yep. thing is like social distance distancing only works really when you're outside. It doesn't even really work yeah. in buildings. <laughs> I mean, modern buildings with air conditioning, the air is circulating everywhere. So like it doesn't, yep. it doesn't help. So yeah, I, I, I hope that people err on the side of caution like this. And I mean, one thing that I really like that this has done is, you know, there's always been kind of like this debate probably for like the last 15 years or so about working from home. Um, and a lot of higher ups, some of them seem to think that people are less productive working from home. Me, on the other hand, yeah. like I've worked from home even before the COVID stuff. I've worked from home for like the past nine, 10 months. And I was more productive, mainly because I didn't have somebody walking up to me and tapping me on the shoulder, like yeah. trying to get like quick help. Um, yeah. I could I could easily prioritize my tasks and, um, you know, even like if there's meetings going on, I can put the meeting up and interact and I can still work. And you can't really do that in the office, um, mainly because you're either going to have to go to a meeting room or, you know, if you're clacking on a keyboard in a meeting, people are going to think you're not paying attention. Whereas you can kind of like, you can get away with it a little more on a, on a conference call. Yeah. You can mute, you can mute yourself and nobody's going to hear you tapping on the keyboard or whatever. So, um, I hope that more companies follow this because it, I think it's going to revolutionize tech. Cause I mean, yeah. for a lot of companies, I feel like offices are kind of a waste of money cause there are no servers. Like, for my like my last five or six jobs, the servers aren't in the office anyway. They're like they're like in the data center somewhere. So you're yeah. remoting into those. I mean, I can understand if you had to put hands on a server or something, but if the, if the servers in in if you're in I'm in Texas and the servers are in Virginia, who cares if I'm like where I'm at? Like it doesn't matter. Like it, I'm gonna be remoting into them either way. So I don't know. I feel strongly yeah. about it. So. Yeah, me too. And then, like, like you mentioned, the cost of maintaining a building, you know, is not cheap <laughs> at all. No, it's not. Um, yeah, so there's there's uh, many many reasons working from home is a good idea if you can if you can continue if the company can continue to be productive, which you know yes, that's the hope yes. that we would have. Uh, and also, I'll just add one thing. Um, they also mentioned Facebook. That is. They mentioned that they're going to continue to play, pay their hourly employees who may not be able to work um, uh, because well, of really staffing wow. office closures yeah. or if they're sick. So, uh, again, one one weird thing that relates to that is you have companies. And in fact, this is most companies. Most companies have a public facing arm or office or wing that is in some sorts critical to the operation of their company. You have companies like Facebook. They're unique. They're all online. You know, you have a lot of uh, Web 2.0 startups. You know, they're unique. They're all online, most of them. But for the even most companies that can work at home, they have a leg that has to interact with the public. And that's the part that I really feel sad for, the people that still have to go out and uh, do face-to-face. Yeah. And that's that's one of the reasons, you know, even, even if working from home becomes a thing that we all adopt, we still want to see this this pandemic. Um, you know, get better quickly so those people can go out and contribute and and get on the companies that are still paying their hourly employees uh, in the midst of this. 
Yeah, definitely, man. I feel like in a lot of like it's going to change this whole COVID thing is going to change our lives for the worse in quite a few ways. But I feel like there's also going to be some ways where it makes things better. So that's great. Yeah, that's good. 100 percent. Cool. So um, getting off the COVID stuff. um, Let's see. What do I want to talk about? Uh, Most of the stuff we have left is games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to talk about something. What was I going to talk about before the cast? I can't even remember. Oh, I am getting off of AT&T Wireless. This is kind of, we don't have a story for this, but I just want to talk about it for a second. Um, So, I I didn't have any problems with AT&T in Kansas City. It was perfect. Full signal everywhere. Um, Great. But I moved around Rock, Texas. Almost. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I moved around Rock, Texas. And I get one bar, like, just about, well, at my home, which is, like, not in the sticks. Like, our house is, like, it's, like, in the middle. Well, it's, like, in Round Rock. It's not, like, in, like, the outskirts of Round Rock. I get, like, mm-hmm. one bar. Like, I don't even know if I can call it one bar because it's just, like, I get, like, one sliver of signal. So, we're oh. going to be moving. We're moving to Verizon. I've never had any problems with Verizon ever. Um, I've had it before in the past. Um, the main reason we switched off Verizon like a couple of years back is just because the plans were, it just got prohibitively expensive. So that's yeah. why we moved in. But I'm not, also, I'm not only moving carriers, I'm changing phones as well. So I've been rocking a Pixel 4 since like December. And I'm going that back. That niche phone? Ah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in, in, in this sense, yes, it's a niche phone because... I have a Galaxy uh, Watch Active 2, and I can't do number sync with this phone, which is ridiculous to me because they're both running Android. Like it's There has to be some arbitrary reason Samsung has locked the Pixel phones out of doing number sync. So when I go running or, or I go to the gym or wherever, and, and I want to just leave my phone at home, I can't do that. I have to take it with me everywhere. And I know that's like, yeah, first world problems, but like these things are expensive. And it's like, if you expect, you expect what you pay for to be able to utilize the features that are the reason you bought them. Like one of the main reasons I even have a watch is because of the number sync, because it's really yeah. convenient. And I find myself using it a lot or I did, um, but I'm going to be going back to Apple. Going to get an oh, iPhone, man. get another <laughs> Apple watch because it's just, I'm so frustrated right now. I guess I could just get a Galaxy, but it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) I won't go into the details of some of (laughs) the reasons Apple may be so much better other than, you know, the Android devices. I'd say that Apple has a very um, stringent vetting process. I'll just say that. (laughs) So, so yeah, that, this, this is crazy because I will say that if you want, Verizon just works everywhere, man. That's what it comes down to. Verizon pretty much works everywhere. Um, I remember when I had my last AT&T phone, I was in Hattiesburg and I was, you know, when I stayed in the Breckenridge apartments in Hattiesburg? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to like go stand up against the window <laughs> just to make a phone call. I'm oh, like, man. dude, I'm like in town. This makes no sense. Exactly. So yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it could be just the band Verizon, that their LTE is on. I don't know, but maybe Verizon has be. the lower lower bands or something to where it 
can go through walls. I don't know, but it just it don't work in yeah. my house. That's <laughs> all, all anybody really cares about. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely a juggernaut, man. When it comes to service, and you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with going back to the iPhone, man. I I almost tried it again this last iteration when I got a new phone. I really really want to just go back into it and see what I've missed in the past with three or four years. So there's nothing wrong with going back. And I and I see what you're saying about the, the phone number sync. Um, again, it could have something to do with their implementation with Android uh, specifically, uh, eSIM or whatever it's called. So yeah, I, I, I totally get you get it, being frustrated on that part because you're buying these devices to, for these features, you know, that's the whole reason you're picking them up. And if it doesn't work, like what's the point? Yeah, and you know, Apple stuff is pretty I don't want to say it's idiot proof, but it's it's it <laughs> you you don't have to like spend a whole lot of time configuring an Apple device because like you said, their intensive vetting process will just yeah, that was a good way to put it, but it it can be frustrating on one end when certain things don't work, but if they say something works, then you can pretty much take yeah. it to the bank. It's going to work and it's going to yeah. be fine. So, yeah, man, I hate to do yeah, it they, because I do like my Pixel. <laughs> I like it. I just want, I like, honestly, I really just want a phone I can use with this and do number sync because I really like this phone. But the problem mm. is, and I don't even think Android Wear does number sync e- because all of their phone, all, Android, I don't think, like, Android Wear, you, you can't use a, um, you can't use a eSIM with it. Because it's just Bluetooth. Like they don't have any like number sync devices. Uh, so it's just seem like one seem like one of the Galaxy devices, but I don't think it's Android Wear though. Uh there's a Galaxy device that I think it does it, but Oh really? It, like I said, I don't Yeah, I think so. so. Like but this, I think they have their own This watch does it. It does number sync, but it just can't huh. do it with the Pixel. It it like if <sighs> I had a, if I had a Galaxy phone, it would work fine. But Oh, so you had, oh that is a Galaxy Wear. Okay, I got you. Yeah, got it's you. it's a Galaxy huh. uh Wear Active 2. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. But it just it doesn't huh. it doesn't number sync with the Pixel, which is stupid. Like you think the people at AT&T would have been able to tell me that cuz they're the ones that <laughs> suggested that watch and all they carry on AT&T is Galaxy watches. They don't even have any other kind of watch that you could even get. So oh, I don't wow. understand why they would tell me that it would work. Yeah, I'm bagging on AT&T. Like, I don't understand why they would even tell me it would work when it doesn't work. Dude, I spent like a week, like a week, hours every day trying to get this watch to work. I tried everything. Like, oh, I hate fighting with technology. And like, I'm doing, it's like, it's like, like, I'm not an idiot. Like, I'm pretty technically literate. And it, like, I tried everything, everything. Yeah. It would not work. Scouring the internet, the deep forums. Dude, I was so upset. <laughs> I was so upset because this is actually a really, it's a really cool watch. I mean, uh. it's pretty, it's a pretty cool watch. Like, I actually really like it, but it doesn't do what I need it to do. So it's pretty much, I'm not going to say it's useless, but it's pretty much useless if I can't use it. Like, that's the reason I even got a watch was for the number thing. Like, that was a number one feature. Yeah. So, eh. I don't know. I'm I'm sorry yeah. for for bad mouthing other companies. No, um, but this is all like, good stuff, man. You, talking about your real world experiences. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, heads up. If you ha- if you get a Pixel, do not get a Galaxy Watch. It's not going to work. I mean, it'll it'll sync <laughs> Bluetooth, but if you're looking for it to do number sync, it will not do it. So now you know. Another PSA. And no one Let gets half the battle. Be. 
<laughs> so, so, so I'll go into another quick happy. Oh, we'll go into a quick happy story before we go to. I'm gonna say happy, but we get into details. It might not be. Uh, so Tom Cruise will be or work with NASA. I don't know if he's gonna star in it, but he's gonna work with NASA on the first movie filmed in space. The set, the International Space Station. Is it me or does this just seem like a horrible idea? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a horrible it, idea. Uh, it seems pretty dumb. Because like I think it about like all the stuff I've seen about Space Station, all the video I've seen, and it's like super, super cramped. Like there's not like a whole lot of room. So like how are you gonna get a yeah. camera in there and like film uh I don't know. It just seems like a horrible idea to me. <laughs> Well, I'm, how are you going to make it an interesting movie? I just don't get it. Unless it's like a documentary. Like, how are you going to make it a movie? I don't. Are the astronauts going to be the actors? Is Tom is Tom Cruise going to jump on one of Elon Musk's jets and go up there and film the movie? I mean. <laughs> Dude, the only kind of space thing I want to see filmed in space is some kind of documentary where they take a film crew <laughs> and some people and they they go to Mars and they film the entire thing and come back, which I probably wouldn't live to see. I don't know how long it takes to get to Mars, but it's a long way away. But like something like that, I feel like would be amazing. It'll just take like 10 years or something to get to Mars. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a ridiculously long time. Mars to Earth travel time. Here we go. A little more details. SpaceX. So I was right on that. Elon Musk. Did announce in February that it will launch. Well, this might be unrelated, but it said it was going to launch four private citizens to orbit around Earth at the end of 2021 or 2022. So, yeah, this is unrelated news. But I don't know. Um, it could be interesting. But again, like a movie, maybe it'd be like one of those short films or something. I don't know. We can move on. Yeah, I, <laughs> we got to see where they're going with this. And by the way, seven months to Mars. So it's very doable. Yeah. I think the longest that people can stay in the International Space Station is seven months, though. So probably be health reasons why. But ugh, I don't. I uh. Do I you think I don't see? This. Do you think a human will make it to Mars in our lifetime? Yeah, I do. I mean, we're pretty much there. We send stuff. We send probes and stuff to Mars all the time. I mean, yeah. I really, honestly think it could be done in the next twenty to thirty years. I feel like you know before. Yeah, I, I feel like in our lifetime is something that we could see. I mean, who knows? Though, I'm sure there's a bunch of uh, variables that I'm not thinking about. But well, you know, with the recent resurgence in space, uh, you know, interest and in mission, space uh, force. I think, I think we might make <laughs> space force. <laughs> yeah. So I posted a bunch of game stories. We don't necessarily have to talk about. All those, maybe we can hit maybe one or two more things. We've been talking for a while. Uh, but one thing I want to get to before the games uh, AMD just released a Ryzen 3300X and the 3100. And these two CPUs will pretty much are pretty much going to revolutionize low end gaming, I feel like. So bear with me for a second. The Ryzen 3300X is 120 bucks. The 3100 is 99 bucks. So for 99 for for about 100 bucks you get four cores, eight threads, um 
and this could be like the base clock for the 3300X is 3.8 gigahertz, boost clock 4.3. Like this is pretty much unheard of for low end gaming. Um, most of the lower end CPUs, especially from Intel, but even from AMD, they've been they've had the hyper threading turned off. So it may have four cores, but like that's it. Just four cores. Mm-hmm. Or it may have two, but, you know, like, I think some of the core i3s will have two cores and then, like, hyper-threading for, like, two cores, four threads. So, but this is, like, a really, really big deal. But because because of the clock speeds on these, you could pretty much put together a low-end rig that'll, that'll scream. I mean, maybe not scream, but it, it'll be really, really useful for you. And, you know, you could play a lot of games with it. Um... And you won't be bottlenecking your graphics card with the CPU, you know, for around a hundred bucks. Like this is unheard of. Yeah, Just a couple years ago, like the sixty seven hundred K, seventy seven hundred K from Intel, four cores, eight threads. This exact thing, and they're like three hundred, four hundred bucks. Um, and now you can get something, you know, better than that. You know, same core counts, but better for like a third of the price. Like this is insane. <laughs> It's insane. Interesting. Um, I do see where it's taking a hit on the go, on the cash size. There is that some a concern? Uh yeah. I mean, it's low, but again, I mean, most of the Ryzen stuff has high cash anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think it would be an issue for most games, though. Um, maybe if you get into some of the higher workload stuff, um, like. Like if you're doing a lot of like video encoding or stuff, maybe that would come into play. I don't think for games it's gonna be that much of an issue. But yeah, you Sweet. could put you could put together a pretty decent system. Get something like RTX twenty sixty or twenty seventy. Um, get this CPU and a MOBO. I mean, you could easily be under six, seven hundred dollars. So like for a for a gaming PC, that's really, really good. Um and looking at the single threaded scores, they're they're really good. Um, yeah, some of the kind of yeah, some of the um, CPUs that this beats out are the i five ninety four hundred F, which is just from last generation. That's like a two or three hundred dollar processor. Um, the i three ninety three fifty K is a new processor, um, but it it gives that a run for its money. Um, Multi threaded, it destroys the ninety three fifty K because it has more cores and threads. Um, so yeah, this is definitely something you want to check out if you're, you know, looking to build a budget rig. Um, it it'll it it's gonna it's gonna change the game. I feel like. And Intel, uh, just keep Intel's, falling. Yeah, Intel sucking uh, right now. <laughs> I have a CP Eesh. Intel CPU, and I can say that they're not their newer stuff is not. It's not. It's not any. It's not that much better than the last generation. They're using way more power, which is how they're getting the higher clock speeds. Like some of these newer, like the ten nine hundred K, I think it pulls as much power if you use the highest clock settings. It pulls as much power as like a GPU does, which is ridiculous. Um, a CPU pulling like two or three hundred watts, like that's crazy now. Um, so. You know, hopefully with a eleven generation eleven generation they'll um they'll pick up their pick up their game, I think. We'll see. All right. 
do we want to talk a little bit about the Xbox Series X since we got a, was it a live stream um, a couple days ago? Yeah, did Debuting you, did you some check of out any of those? Did you check out any of those trailers? I, I saw most of it, uh, of the of the stream as it happened. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I've heard, I heard somebody else talking about this, this as well. The jump isn't that noticeable. Uh, a lot of it is centered around frame rate and lighting, uh, which I'm fine with. Yeah. I'm totally fine with. But, but you know, I heard, again, we're never going to see the jump that we we saw in the first few generations of, of these, you know, Xbox or PlayStation consoles. We're never, at least I don't see it happening anytime soon. I see both a jump agree that and drastic. Dis- yeah, I both agree and disagree with that. I agree with it. Well, I'll I'll disagree first. Um, these consoles are definitely capable of pushing out visuals that look way better than the consoles we're using now. Like by any measure, by lighting, by frame rate, by resolution, like any of that. The problem is, which is often a problem with consoles, is most people get consoles to save money. I, I say save money, but I, maybe it's more convenience of not having to go source parts put together a box or go like to new egg or something or to like Dale yeah. and like spend a whole ton of money getting a decently performing PC, which I get and it's fine. But the problem with stuff like this is that number one, in order to take full advantage of one of these consoles, most people are going to have to get in their television. Okay. I know what you're thinking. Carrie, I already have a 4k <laughs> television. I don't need to upgrade my television. Ah, but you do, yes, because you do. most 4K televisions only have 30 hertz as their input. Even though you might have a 120 hertz television, you might have 60 hertz. You may have 60 hertz inputs. If you do, great. Um, 4K 60 hertz. If you got that, you're you're ahead of the curve. But, like, they're talking about high frame rates. They're talking about um, 4K. They're talking about uh, HDR. They're talking about uh, ray tracing. All this cool stuff. But most people aren't going to be able to take advantage of that because they don't have the television to. Um, yeah. I think with high frame rates, you can't. You can do it over HDMI, but you're probably going to have to have some kind of DisplayPort output. Maybe, maybe the newest spec of HDMI allows for higher bandwidth for like high frame rates. Maybe, but even then, you're going to have to buy an, a, a new television to do that. And a new television that has HDR, that has 4K, that has 120 hertz input not just interpolation which is what most tvs that are out now that the one you probably have if you're out there watching us and it's 120 hertz it probably still takes a a 60 hertz input so it's not gonna you're not gonna see any benefit from this because it's all it's gonna do is add lag to the gaming system signal you want to turn all that stuff off if you're playing games on one of these tvs and these tvs are not gonna be cheap like you're talking you're probably gonna be spending 700 I'm being generous here. You're probably going to be spending seven hundred to a thousand dollars. Probably more than that, though. More than likely, more than that. So, I don't know. I don't know. If you have a gaming monitor, though, great. Like you can just hook the console up to your gaming monitor, and you're good if you want to do that. But as far as television, you're you're going to have to buy a new TV. Bottom line. Yeah. I think I think most people be happy if they can get 4K and a solid 60. You know, that's something we were just barely able to accomplish in the last generation. So I think most people would be fairly happy with that. Um, but yeah, if you're having to buy a new TV and 
the Lord knows what type of standard they're going to use. I just did some research. 2.1 uh, HDMI, HDMI allows 60 frames. So I don't, okay. I haven't researched to know what the new standard is going forward. But yeah, if it's going to require a TV that's between, you know, $600 to $1,000, I don't think that's too bad because eight years ago, that's what everybody was paying for a TV. Um, so by today's standards, you <laughs> you have $300, $400 4K TVs. It seems like a lot uh, for sure. But some of the things we, you mentioned, it, some of the things we're going to see in this next generation are 4K, which is huge in, unto itself, and 4K 120, just kind of bananas, uh, if you think about it, included with ray tracing and, like you mentioned as well, faster load times. And if if uh, a game can hit all of these marks, they will get the optimized for Xbox Series X seal of approval on said game case, which, you know, uh, I think it's interesting to set that standard to hopefully uh, make these uh, game developers hit that. Uh, I think that's interesting as, uh, as well, you know, especially as we go across different consoles and putting in the time and resources, money to optimize for a particular console is, is kind of huge. And, you know, it's something you should want to do, but it's not always feasible for your company. So, uh, you know, that's interesting stuff to have that as well. Yeah. I just think that if I was looking for one, looking at one of these consoles, I would be also looking at a television to support them. But if you can do 4K 60, even 4K 30, honestly, like it's going to look amazing if you have a 4K TV. Um, so, I mean, that being said, like I said, if you have a 4K TV, you'll definitely be able to see some advantages because I don't think there were that many games on the Xbox One X that supported 4K. There were a few. Um, Forza, Forza Horizon, I think, was one of them. And it, I, Beautiful. I, it looked great. It looked wonderful. So, I mean. Oh, my God, dude. Dude, I just started playing. And you know, there are, they call them Xbox enhan- Enhanced for the Xbox One X. Dude, I just started playing um, Batman Arkham Knight. That game is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is gorgeous, man. The, I don't know what they did to up-res it or whatever, but it, it looks freaking beautiful. Uh, but most of the, the, the Batman games are, but I, I was just impressed. Uh, but yeah, this all interesting stuff, man. Uh, news coming out for the one, the Xbox Series X, excuse me. Yeah, so there you Any go. Other. I mean, yeah, there you go. Um couple of the games we can just kind of name drop them um we had assassin's creed valhalla um i'm still yeah. waiting for japan ubisoft where's the japan assassin's creed it's the only one <laughs> like when assassin's creed yeah. came out i was like i can't wait for the japan game here we are what 15 years later no japan game what's up with that um was there there was one more that i thought looked really really good um scarlet nexus i thought was interesting um it's more of an anime yeah. type like Japanese type game where you're fighting with your psychic powers. I thought it looked really cool. Um, but other than that, you know, you have your standard Madden's. There's like a racing game. Yeah. I think it's Dirt. I wasn't impressed by Madden at all. Yeah, like, yeah. It's another Madden. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I think the medium is me. one I liked. Medium. The medium. It looked pretty awesome. I don't know if I'll play it, but it looked pretty cool. I have to check that out. I didn't see it in that. Okay, there it is. The medium. Cool. I'll have to check that out. But yeah, there's a lot of great looking all these all these games look great. I mean, I don't I don't I think they look even just my opinion, I think they look substantially better than the Xbox One X games. Um Yeah, they they look great. 
But it's going to be one that. of those things where if I don't know if most people will appreciate like the graphical details, you know, like I don't. Yeah, we're kind of spoiled. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Well, you know, Johnny, Johnny makes a good point in our, our chat room here live. He asked a question. Um, will Xbox have the games? Which is a huge point, and it's the thing that Sony has been banking on, um, especially on the, during the last generation. It's, it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You're, you're a convert, Carrie. You're a PlayStation convert, and I almost couldn't believe it at the time. But yeah, but you got to go to game I'm though, right? A, but I'm not. A, I, I don't <laughs> think I'm a. I don't think I'm an, a PlayStation convert. You, you preach the praises of, of Persona and all those other exclusives. Come Persona on, 5 Royal is amazing. I'll say that a hundred million <laughs> times. Um, but, I mean, th- I would say Microsoft's shift in their, like, their, I don't know what you want to call it, their policy or their, um, their stance with consoles is kind of what shifted me because the Xbox Anywhere thing was a game changer for me. Because honestly, they make more money from selling games than they do from the consoles. It makes perfect sense for them to put everything on PC. I've been saying for like the last 20 years, how long have we been doing this podcast? Like 15 years? Uh, A long time. (laughs) And I've always been saying at some point, Microsoft's going to be releasing their Xbox games on the PC. And it's finally here. And that just means that I'm still an Xbox fan. I just don't need an Xbox anymore. Um, I'm still going to be buying a Halo I'm still going to be buying gears or, you you know, subscribing to Game Pass, which is what I do for five bucks a month. That's sixty dollars a year. That's a game. So for the equivalent of one yeah. game a year, I can play all the Microsoft releases. So I still love Microsoft and I still love Xbox. I just don't need a console anymore because why would I yeah. pay money for a console and play games in lower quality than I can play on my PC. It just doesn't make sense. But with the PlayStation, they kind of forced me to buy one because there's games I really <laughs> want to play on it. And that's the only way to play them. That's not necessarily a knock on Microsoft, though. I feel like Microsoft yeah. is ahead of the game here because not only are they selling games to Xbox people, they're selling games to PlayStation people that have PCs. Like, it's genius. Like, it, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't... Like, people talk about it like it's a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. Um... But, you know, that being said, you know, exclusive wise, you know, my, you know, yeah. Sony's going to have some games that Microsoft's not going to have, you know, like like the Dragon yeah. Quest nine. Um, I, I think eventually Final Fantasy seven remake is going to come out um, on Xbox. I think there's like a year window of exclusivity. So that won't be anytime soon. Um, but Kingdom Hearts three was on the Xbox, which I thought was a huge win. Um, yeah. You know, Horizon Zero Dawn, there's rumors that that's going to be coming out on PC, which I think is huge. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, Uncharted, those games, you, you know, there's certain games that you're just not going to be able to get on the Xbox, and that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, I buy, I buy my PlayStation console, and my Xbox <laughs> now is my PC. Like, that's how I look at it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you are singing the praises of what they, the shift in strategy they pursue that, I think works. I mean, for me, I'm paying the monthly subscription for the game pass. I think a lot of people are doing it now. And, um, you know, why buy an Xbox if you can build a PC to death better, you know? And I definitely feel that man. And I I'm considering myself cause I build a PC like every five years 
it's like time for me to build a new one right now. So if I build one that's really good and I'm happy with it, I probably at least hold out at the very least to get the the new Xbox. So yeah, as long as the games are on PC and you know, as long as they're getting their money, getting your money anyway, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. And so, I'm gonna tell um, you the other thing that know. like really pushed me towards PC only for like Xbox games is the crossplay. I mean, it's not all there yet, but there are certain games like Fortnite. Well, Fortnite's not even a Microsoft game, but Fortnite, uh, Rocket League, um, I think the new Halo as well that's coming out this fall. Um, if I can play against console or with, well, I don't even say against. Like, my nephews have Xboxes, so like if I can play with them on my PC, that was really the, the thing that kind of broke the camel's back for me yeah. because the reason I even had a One X was because I wanted to play games with my nephews, so... Um, once that went crossplay, Call of Duty, the new Call of Duty is crossplay. Um, that stuff just kind of like um, changed it for me. Yeah. Um, and there are some cool things on on PlayStation too. Like I'm not trying to like like minimize the the greatness of Sony because I mean I'm not sure what share play is um, that Johnny's talking about. But one thing I do like is that they have this thing called remote play, um, which Microsoft I think implemented a while back but like i i have a ps vita as well and um i can play my playstation 4 games away from home um on my vita so like as long as i have a wi-fi connection i can anything that's if there's a disc in my in in the playstation or like any of the games i have downloaded to the hard drive i can play those anywhere which i thought was really cool and they were kind of the first company that did that i think microsoft can do it now in certain like I know you can play Xbox One games on your PC on the same network. I don't know if it works like away from home, but you know, well, I, I think it's part of their X Cloud strategy that they're getting ready to debut. I guess sometime next year, um, yeah, which is going to be huge. Which I expect PlayStation to do something similar, um, not just streaming from your console, but streaming from a cloud service, which they've had but five, six years already now. Uh, with the acquisition of OnLive yeah. and Gaikai, I think they bought both of those. So they've been doing it. It's just about getting the service right. But yeah, my, yeah. I, I totally agree with you, man. We're not shoehorned into one console anymore. And I think what developers are define are finding out is that if they put their uh, thing on their game on everything, it just makes their players happier, you know. And crossplay you know, will sell devo- more games. Yeah, like yeah. See the devotion behind uh, Fortnite or any of those other games that can you can cross play. I mean, we're freaking devoted to Rocket League, so uh, yeah, it's just like where we're headed, and you know, it's it's kind of cool that those uh, that we've moved in that direction. So, yes, definitely, totally agree, totally agree. Well, man, we've been on for a while, so you want to kind of wrap things up, or how you feeling? Uh, yeah, we can wrap things up. I think we've pretty much thoroughly covered the stories on our docket. Um, oh, yeah, I'll mention real quick before we do our, our parting gifts. Uh, there's a few games that have free upgrades. If you get it now on uh, Xbox One, it'll be a free upgrade for the Series X. And that's uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Call of the Sea, Chorus, Cyberpunk 20, 2077, Dirt 5, Scarlet Nexus, Second Extinction, The Ascent, Vampires to Masquerade, but lines too, and Accusa like a dragon. So yeah, if you get those now, they'll get free upgrades, which makes sense. And of course, um, any of Microsoft's first party stuff, 
Xbox Anywhere, um, they yeah. should work. I don't know if they're going to be enhanced, but they should all at least run, right? Yeah, yeah, they're moving all their games forward. Yeah, no doubt. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, any parting gifts? Oh, man, not really other than to say if you're into Star Trek, we do a Star Trek podcast, too, called Discussing Trek, which you can find on any other podcasting platforms by just searching for Discussing Trek and uh, also Discussing Trek on any other social media. So, yeah, if you're into that, uh, check us out talking about Star Trek stuff. Yeah. What about you, man? Yeah. Um. Let me see. So I finished Persona 5. Did I talk about that already? Maybe I already talked about that. I don't know. I know you were playing the second version of it. Isn't yeah. there like a second playthrough? Yeah, so I beat Persona 5 a couple years back. Um, Persona 5 Royal came out this past March, and I've beaten that as well. Um, it They added oh, wow. about 20 to 30 hours to the game. So it's worth it's worth playing again if you really were into the first one. If Even if you weren't, it's, it's a phenomenal game. Highly recommend it. Um, other than that... Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I'm doing that might be interesting. Uh, yeah, I th- I don't really have anything else. So if I said that last time, sorry. Yes, Johnny, play it. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> I can't recommend it high enough. I mean, it's it's even if you're not really crazy about RPGs, it's just a fun game. Um, and you get to do all kinds of different things. Like you go to school. Um, you can have like a part-time job. You have all these different friends. When have those things ever been fun? I mean, come on. You're not selling this here. Well, the reason it's fun is because just- you're trying to develop your social stats. And um, depending on what your social stats are, you have different options in the game. Um, so like when you're fighting an enemy and you knock them down, they have something called a holdup where everybody just gets out and points their guns and you can talk to the enemy. So you can either get them to give you money. You can get them to give you items. You can even get the enemy to join your team. Like there's all these different, like, or you get the persona to join your team. Like there's all kinds of like cool things like that. And then you have social, um, confidants that you develop, you, you go out and you hang out with these people, like the girls, you take them on dates or whatever, but you develop these confidants and then you get more options in like the battle system. So whereas you may have a negotiation with a shadow, which is what the enemies are called, and it fails, like one of your buddies, if you develop the social stats for them, they can like back you up and like, you know, get the shadow to give you what you're trying to get from them anyway. So there's that's just kind of like huh. a small like snapshot, but it's it's a very complex game, but it's complex in a fun way. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I get that. I get that. Lots to do. Lots to do. I think this this last time I clocked in the first the first Persona Five I played I clocked in probably like 140 hours on my initial playthrough. This one I think I clocked in like 115 just because some of the stuff I I didn't have to like struggle with. But um, wow. you don't have to spend that long playing it. But I I got a platinum trophy in in on PlayStation, so like I did all of the achievements and everything. So it took me about 120 hours, and it was so much fun like i can't remember the last time i spent that much time on a game um yeah i love that game so persona 5 royal check it out that's what's up man well alrighty then i guess we're done for today um you know check us back next week and you know again ladies happy mother's day and we'll see you guys next week
Hello everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek. I'm your host Clarence and I wanted to introduce you to the podcast. Discussing Trek is all about keeping you informed on the latest news and episode reviews in the Star Trek universe, while also staying engaged with our community of listeners. So be sure to hit that subscribe button for weekly content and stay locked in to DiscussingTrek.com for more information. Until next time, guys, live long and prosper. <laughs>